Amen, amen. He's a good, good father. Aren't you glad about that? You don't have to worry about him not being good. He's good all the time. Praise the Lord all the time. God is good. Welcome, everyone, to New Heart Foursquare Church. It's good to see everyone. We're going to let the youth be dismissed to their services. So, youth, you may go upstairs and be blessed by Hilda and the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Amen. So we want to say we had a beautiful time yesterday uh, with the women. 67 of the women came out to hear a great message. It is online right now on Facebook and YouTube if you need to uh, see it again and put it in your heart. It's always good to have something that you can listen to over and over again in case you need to be encouraged or you forgot what was said. Praise the Lord. And sometimes you learn something new when you hear it again. Amen. So uh, today is, uh, we're celebrating Labor or Veterans Day weekend. And um, we want to honor the veterans. Is there any veteran here that has served? Go ahead and stand up for us. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's for you for giving of yourselves, giving of your lives to serve us so that we can have freedom in the United States. Amen. Because, you know, not every country is happy with us. <laughs> Some countries want to take us over, but we need to fight the good fight of faith. And so we bless you for your struggle to preserve our freedom. So we honor you today. Amen. My wife's going to come and tell us some things that are going on. First of all, I want to thank you, honey, for helping us so much. He prepared everything. I mean, honey, you really love us. And we want to thank you for that. Let's give him a big hand. Come on. Let's love our pastor. He's wonderful. Okay, so I'm up here uh, to give you, of course, the announcements today. My son is having fun in Bryce Canyon. So I'm glad that he's enjoying himself, okay? So anyway, quickly, the team, we, we like to tell you what the kids are learning today. They're learning what were the other miracles Jesus performed. They're learning about Jesus' miracles right now. And what they're talking about is how Jesus healed people. He raised the dead. He healed all kinds of people. And so it's important, parents, to remind your children, God can do anything. And they need to start seeing those miracles around them. You know, miracles aren't always, you know, somebody rises from the dead or somebody gets out of a wheelchair. But God's miracles are all around us. And we see them every day with people. You know, even when we get to meet a new people and we get to talk to them about Jesus and they listen. That's a miracle, right? If they're going to listen. Amen. It's a miracle. So next weekend, Sunday, is our Thanksgiving, our annual Thanksgiving and service uh, dinner at 10.30 a.m. That's Sunday, November 20th, and um, we do have sign-ups in the back. Uh, we apologize. We didn't get the sign-up sheet out early enough because we have been having so many things going on. But if you haven't signed up, please sign up for a side. 
Uh, you know, there's mashed potatoes. Here's the sign-up sheet. I'm going to put it back here. So we have some people signed up, but we need more um, mashed potatoes, stuffing, gravy, and green beans, and large pumpkin pies, and we need help in the kitchen. So please sign up for that. We would appreciate it. Um, we're going to have fun. It's always a joy to have our Thanksgiving dinner together. So we're, I think we've mentioned before, we're buying the ham and turkey, and then we're having everyone. It's like a big family dinner. Yay! Operation Christmas Child boxes are new, due next Sunday. A lot of people have already started bringing them in. So everybody, thank you for that. That um, We're helping children all over the world. Uh, we will, on Saturday, November 26th, we're going to be having a decorating party for our Christmas uh, decorations. So ladies, men, whoever wants to come and help, if you could do that, that would be wonderful. It'd be from 10 to 12 noon. We will provide lunch, too, so if you're hungry. <laughs> We're going to have lunch that day. <laughs> um, okay, so our Christmas music celebration with our Sands of the Season Ensemble. We'll be retelling the nativity story on that day. We have lots of people here that are going to be in the ensemble, including moi, And um, it's going to be fun. And so we're, we're today, our um, practice is going to be from 12.15 to 12.15 to 1.15 or 1.30. Yeah. And I heard a lot of people were really uh, very pleased because Ron was really going at it last week. He was teaching them how to read notes and just all kinds of stuff, you know. So we just thank you that, Ron, that you care so much. Um, and then, um, but it's important that everybody attend the rehearsals. So we really, so we all be together on the same page. I'm, I'm getting closer to ending Christmas Eve candlelight service, uh, Saturday, December 24th. It's going to be a beautiful service. And we're hoping maybe one, we can sing one song from the ensemble that night. What do you think? Maybe? Yeah, that'll be cool. Okay, Holy Spirit and Fire Weekly Prayer every Wednesday night. It's growing. It's wonderful. Yes. If we want to get our prayers answered, the, the more we pray with one another, um, you know, God answers. <laughs> Ties and offering, place in the back box, or give online at newheartforyou.com. Give online. Tab to donate. Okay, and then, or you can mail it in 380 East Covina Boulevard, Covina, California, here. Thank you so much for listening and um, sitting through my boring announcements. <laughs> but anyway, don't forget to sign up, okay? Let's give her a hand. It's the highlight of everything, isn't it?
darkness that fills the night I cannot hide the light Whom shall I fear? You crush the enemy Underneath my feet You are my sword and shield Through troubles I linger still Whom shall I Good to praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. I said it's good to praise Amen. the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. And you, and you know who really likes us when we praise the Lord is the Lord himself. He says, I like it when my kid praises me and talks good about me and thanks me for all the good that he has done. Praise God. So we're going to talk today about how to thank God in the midst of disappointing circumstances. Anybody have any disappointing circumstances? Have you ever had? Maybe, I don't know if I'm in the right church or not today. Maybe it's for down the street. But I think we've all had disappointments, haven't we, in our lives? If you've had disappointments, raise your hand. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's see. Okay, this is the right place for this. Amen. So let's bow our heads and let's pray. 
Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We thank you, Lord God, that you're going to encourage us, strengthen us, and teach us how to serve you with all of our heart, soul, strength, and might. We give you praise and glory and honor. Let me speak words to your people to encourage them in Jesus' name. Amen. So the thing is, what do you do when you've been, believe, been believing God for something? You've been confessing His Word, you, you've been praying to Him, and then it doesn't happen. What, 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 who else do you appeal to? I mean, who else can you go besides God? I mean, He's the top of the line, isn't He? He doesn't have a supervisor. You can't go over His head. If it didn't happen, and you've been praying to Him, now what do you do? And that's the question I'm going to answer today. What do you do when it doesn't seem like your prayers are being answered? Because what, what is, what is uh, disappointment? It's believing that something's going to happen, you expect it to happen, and then it doesn't. So that's a tough thing to do, right? Who do you call upon? Well, we call upon the Lord. We still call upon the Lord. And so I'm going to have a scripture reading today because the Bible says that we're supposed to do something all the time. So Sally's going to come up and tell us what we're supposed to be doing. The reading is in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Thank you. Well, I gave her an easy one to read, but it's hard to do, right? The Bible says rejoice when? Uh, rejoice when you feel like it. Uh, rejoice when the, something comes over you, or rejoice when things are going good. No, the Bible says rejoice always. And I like the way one pastor mentioned it. He said, it, rejoice means you, you have joy, but then you rejoice. You do it again. You keep doing it over and over again. You never give up. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And this says, pray without ceasing. What does that mean? That means don't stop. It doesn't mean keep, you know, saying things all the time, but keep your heart open to the Lord. Let Him speak to you. Be constantly in, in touch with Him. And in other words, people say, don't hang up the phone. <laughs> Amen? You don't, you don't do your prayers and then say, okay, I got it from here, Lord. I'll see you tomorrow morning. No, you keep Him with you. Pray always, right? And you don't always have to make uh, requests to Him. You can just talk to Him. Like, Lord... You know, why did that person drive in front of me like that? Lord, why is my wife saying those things to me? Lord, <laughs> why did that dog bite me? You know, I mean, there's things that you have to talk to the Lord about, right? Why, am, why do I feel tired? You know, when you wake up and sometimes your body's not working like it's supposed to, Lord, how can I get more strength? How can I get more vitality in my life? Praise the Lord. So the Bible says that we're supposed to rejoice in everything, not for everything. Things come our way, but we're not supposed to rejoice in that. We rejoice in it because we know God's working on our behalf. He's going to turn things around. Amen? Do you like that about the Lord? They, uh, Joseph said, the devil meant it for harm, but God turned it around for my good. I can think of so many times when I thought, oh, no, the, 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 uh, 
The sky is falling. The world is crashing in. But God, but God turns it around and makes things happen that I couldn't make happen in my own self. Because he is in control. He's watching over us. He loves us. And we can't look at the short term. We have to look at the long term and know that he's going to make everything work out for our good. Praise the Lord. Now, but when these disappointments come, what does it make you do? It makes you draw closer to the Lord. Not farther. Some people get so mad at God because things don't work out. They don't talk to him for months, sometimes years. I know people that have lost loved ones and they blame God. I mean, how can you blame God? He's perfect. He's righteous. He does everything right. Sometimes maybe, you know, we're in a fight. Do you know that we're in a fight in this world? The, the, the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, but God has come to give us life and that more abundantly. So in, in a war, there's casualties, isn't it? People get shot, people get wounded, people die, but you got to keep on going. Amen? All, all of you here are those that are, have kept going. Amen? I, I dodged a bullet a couple of times. Have you dodged a bullet? Not a, you know, physical bullet, but a health bullet, you know, maybe a, f- a financial bullet. And, and God was there to help us and pick us up. In fact, uh, next week on in Thanksgiving, we're going to have a couple of testimonies of how people had dire situations, dire circumstances, but God came through and delivered them. Amen. So you can, you can learn from how God works for them. So uh, we want to talk to you about believing God despite our disappointments. Now, there are, there are new things to get disappointed in every day. Every day we live this life, things don't work. You just step on the scale and you'll be disappointed. You know, like, like what? what happened, you know? <laughs> That's not even in my notes, okay? I don't, I'm sorry. <laughs> that might have been from my own, you know. Okay. So whether it's a large thing or a small thing, all of us have and will experience disappointments. And it may not be a massive thing to everyone else, but to you, it's dear and near to our hearts. And, you know, you have a hope of something that's going to happen, and it doesn't happen. And what happens? The Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Sick. You get discouraged. It's even a physical ailment. You just don't feel right. It's like you're down. You're just like, oh, my gosh. How can I talk to the Lord when things have not gone my way? Praise the Lord. Now, there could be things like you have your sights set on a new house, you're excited about it, you put your offer in, they look like they're going to accept it, so you buy the furniture and you have it imaginary where it's going to go in the house, you know, you got it all planned out and then you get the notice, oh, I'm sorry, you got outbid. Oh, disappointment. You didn't get the house that you wanted, but God has another one for you? Or how about you have your, your sights set on a promotion? And they're training you, getting you ready to take over this position so that you can get rid of your mundane job and you can be in a nice office and, and, and lord it over everybody. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then they say, oh, you know, corporate is bringing in somebody from the outside, so I'm sorry, you're not going to get the promotion. Disappointment. Amen. Uh, you could, well, let's see some other things that happen. Oh, you might be in a relationship. Things are going well. You've been dating the person for a long time. Then all of a sudden they say, hey, you know, I don't think we're going to make it. What? Now you have to go on this new venture of orbit dating where you try to find somebody that's supposed to be right for you. That's dis- disappointing. You might have children that are not meeting your expectations. They do good one day and then bad the next. You're proud of them for one week and then the next week it's like, oh my gosh, who are these kids? You know, 
So we have to learn how to deal with disappointments, don't we? Now, all throughout the Bible, there were men and women that had disappointments. Let's look at the first family, Adam and Eve. Do you think they were disappointed when they were escorted out of the Garden of Eden? And they had to uh, uh, work the, the land. What did the Bible say? God told them, cursed is the ground because of you. <laughs> Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. And from dust you were formed, and from dust you will return. Oh, that's not good news, is it? I mean, they had, they had a living great in the garden, and then all of a sudden now he's got to go out, he's got to plant, uh, you know, till the soil, he's got to plant seed, he's got to water it, he's got to harvest it, come back home to Eve, Eve saying, I, I'm tired of cooking here, this is too much for me, you know, I got dust all over the place, I've been working here. And Adam would say, you know what, if you hadn't just listened to that uh, serpent, we wouldn't be in this mess. I don't think any of you, you, you uh, married people blame each other for things that go wrong. That's probably not, probably some, some other congregation, right? All right. <laughs> Woman, women, you're going to be in pain in childbearing. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Thank God it wasn't the men. Okay, it was the women <laughs> that have pain in childbearing. I know when we, we had our first son, and after that, my wife said, no, we're not having no more. Okay, that is it. That was enough. No more pain and childbearing. But then finally, after about four or five years, she said, well, no, maybe now I'm ready. And I go, no, I'm not ready no more. I'm just almost like 40. That's about it. So they were, they were disappointed. And guess what? They never called on the name of the Lord until, until the second generation, not their son, but their grandson called, began to call upon the name of the Lord. Because when you're believing God for something and you're disappointed, you just have a sinking spirit, sinking feeling in your spirit. You just wonder, like, I don't know why, I, why do I even pray anymore? I, I can't even talk to God. Have you ever had that? That feeling like, man, I just give up. But they couldn't give up. They had to believe God had to call upon the name of the Lord. So they had disappointment. Now let's look at some other people. Then finally, their, their son, Cain killed Abel. How disappointing is that? What were you thinking, Cain, you know, when they came home? Where's your brother? Uh, I'm not my brother's keeper. <laughs> He's lying in the street over here, you know. Some, somebody killed him. I don't know who it was. Everybody point their fingers, right? You know, he, <laughs> you ever, if you have a big uh, family... They said, who did it? Everybody points to somebody, you know, never here. But Cain had no brothers or sisters, so he, he was stuck. Abraham had to wait 25 years before he received the promise of a son. Moses had to go on the backside of the mountain and learn how to pastor sheep so he could pastor the sheep of Israel. Praise God. Joseph was thrown down a well, sold as a slave, then falsely sent into prison, and then 13 years later called up to be the second in command over Pharaoh. And had that dream realized that his father and his brothers were going to bow down before him. They, he had the promise of the Lord. Moses had the promise of the Lord that he was going to be a deliverer. Abraham had the promise that he was going to be the father of many nations. They had to wait. They had to fight through disappointment. Do you know that you have to fight through disappointment when things don't go your way? When, when things don't look like they're going to be uh, the way that God had said it, you still have to believe. Amen? I can remember even when we were at the um, community center, I just had to keep believing that God has this promise. You know what the promise was? It was in 2 Samuel 7, 10. Moreover, I will appoint 
our, my, play, my, my people, uh, Newhart, a place of their own so that they will move no more. It's not up there on the screen, but it's in my heart. Amen? And here we are. We're moving no more. So now, uh, David had to live in caves, didn't he? He was anointed king of Israel, but yet Saul was after him, and he had to run from cave to cave to cave. That's the reality of uh, believing God. Now, I want to read you some scriptures in Psalms. You know, last week, Brad was saying sometimes the Psalms encourage us. They soothe us. They comfort us, right? Now, David, there's 150 Psalms. David wrote 73 of them. Now, in 58 of them, he talks about how bad it is. He, he complains. He laments. That's the, that's the Bible term. I'm lamenting. <laughs> I'm complaining. I'm dissatisfied. I'm, I'm disappointed. So, like, here's what we do at my house. Marianne reads, and I listen. I close my eyes. Sometimes I fall asleep. <laughs> so, I'm asking you, close your eyes. Don't fall asleep. But listen to some of David's laments. You ready? Psalms 13, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? I have sorrow in my heart all the day long. Psalms 25, turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. The troubles of my heart are enlarged. enlarged. Bring me out of my distresses. Psalms 31, because of all my adversaries, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me, for I am, a, I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. Psalms 86, incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am afflicted and needy. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I cry to you all the day long. I am like a broken vessel. Psalms 22, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Far from my deliverance are the words of my groaning. Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I have no rest. Psalms 28, to you, O Lord, I call, my rock. Do not be deaf to me. Be not silent to me. Where are you, my Lord? Okay, you can open your eyes now. Now, <laughs> He need, he's, he's got problems, okay? He needs some psychiatric help, okay? He, he is really going through. But we can relate to that. He has the same troubles and, and feelings that we have, and we can relate to it. But he always ends up in faith, believing, I know it looks bad, but God, you're my deliverer. You're my strength. You're the one who I count on. Let's look at it in Psalm 71. He goes, in you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of habitation to which I may continually come. You have given me commandments to save me. You are my rock and my fortress. Isn't that good? So, so if you're crying out to the Lord, it's okay to cry out to the Lord. Not cry boo-hoo, but cry like a pro proclamation. Lord, do you see me? Do you hear me? Do you, did you forget me? Where are you? How long must I cry out unto you? Sometimes it's months and years, isn't it? But you have to continue. Then there's psalms of thanksgiving. Hallelujah. 
They remind us of what all God has done for us. Sometimes we have to pause and think about the way God has made doors open on our behalf, how God has brought blessings in our life, how God has provided for us, how God has moved mountains for us, how God has silenced enemies in our behalf. He's been working over us. So we can't just like say, oh, God, you've abandoned me. No, he's working in the midst of our tribulations and our trials and all of our lament. So it's a reminder to us that in the midst of present problems, every now and then we need to rewind a little bit and think about the ways God has been good to us. When I think about the Lord and what he's done for me, I can shout, shout, shout. Remember that song? So you don't really need a praise and worship leader when you realize how good God has been to us. We just have to stop and think, wait a minute, I'm living in a house, I got food on the table, I got shoes on my feet. I got kids, you know, that love me, sort of. <laughs> I heard one minister say, don't have kids, they'll disappoint you. You know, you love them, you care for them, they hug you, they squeeze you, but then they grow up and they hate you and they don't like you anymore and they want to move out, but praise God. We have to love them anyway, praise the Lord. In Psalms, you're going to read about the people who walked in your shoes. Some had real problems and some real struggles that oftentimes the Psalms will resonate in your heart. How many people are strengthened when you read Psalms 23? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over, not half full, not partially full, runneth over. Surely, say surely. surely. What does surely mean? For sure. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. We have a God who loves us. He's going to follow us with goodness and mercy. Praise God. So we have to, how many of you are encouraged when you read, uh, our God is a refuge and a strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. You can be encouraged with those words. You can be encouraged with psalms that edify. And when you read them, you're encouraged. But then there's psalms that instruct you and teach you. And tell you, you need to have a personal relationship with the Lord. It's an individual thing where you have to call out to Him and let your heart be joined with His heart. And then there's communal praises where you have to, it reminds us to be in fellowship with one another so that we can praise the Lord together. Come, let us worship. It's the invitation. Come, let us worship the Lord together. And so you have to be in a body of Christ to learn how to grow in the Lord. Can I, can I get an amen? You know why? Because when you're with other people, you have to learn how to be forbearing. You have to learn how to be long-suffering. You have to learn how to put up with people in their ways because they have to put up with you. Amen? <laughs> so that teaches you how to grow, to be like Christ, right? Christ has to listen to us. Christ has to work with us. So we have to work with others. So you can't develop yourself just simply staying at home, you and the TV. You have to have God the God people that rub you the wrong way to be in your life to see if you can overcome and be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Praise God. 
So we're going to look at four things today. Glad you're here today. Four things to consider when things aren't going your way. Are you ready for this? We're going to look at four uh, instances in the Bible where people had to make adjustments because they were disappointed. The first one was David. Remember, David wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. It was away for 20 years. And so he said, we're going to go to this guy's house. That's where it was stayed. He said, we need to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. And so we got 30,000 people with harps and timbrels, and they're dancing, and they're singing, and this is going to be a great and glorious day. 30,000 people. Do you know 30,000 people? I don't know 30,000 people. But he, he made this great celebration. He was bringing the ark in, and, uh, but they made a mistake. They put it on a wooden cart, and they had an ox, right, draw it, which was the wrong way, and the ox stumbled. Now, what are the likelihoods of an ox stumbling? Not, the ox is not supposed to stumble. They're supposed to be secure and steady, but it stumbled. And that's where we got the saying, you big dumb ox, because he was carrying... I'll wait for the laughter to die down. <laughs> so you can say, oh, I'm sorry. It's biblical, you know, it's biblical. The ox stumbled, and Uzzah, trying to do a good thing, tried to steady the ark and put his hand out there, and guess what happened? Boop, he died. The Bible says the anger of the Lord was aroused around Uzzah, and David, he got angry at God. So you got God angry at Uzzah, you got David angry with God, What's, gonna, what's the problem here? God, David is thinking, listen, we're just trying to do a good thing here, Lord. So he went back, and he said, just leave it here, okay? Leave it in the house down the street. And he went back to the castle, and he's reading in the, in the book, in, the, in the, um, the Word, and it says, oh, we're not supposed to put it on a cart and draw it with an ox. We're supposed to use the Levites. The Levites are supposed to put it on a pole, and they're supposed to carry it, you know, because it's holy, you're not supposed to touch it, even look at it, and go inside and look at it. And they were doing that, and they, 70 people uh, died doing that when they got to the house. So David said after three months, he figured it out. Oh, okay, guys, let's get together again. Let's do it the right way. And he went and he did the right way, and guess what? He was, he was, that's the, the scene where he was dancing, and he danced his clothes off or his kingly robes off. He was happy. I finally got it right. I was disappointed. I was angry with God, but I had to look into the Word of God and find out what I was doing wrong so I could do it the right way so God can respond. Can you see the correlation here? Sometimes we're believing for things. We're believing for healing. We're believing for finances. We're not doing it the right way. God said, I need you to line up with the Word, put your heart into it, say the scriptures that, are, that appropriate that, and watch God work. Amen? Sometimes, you, you know, here's a prayer that, you know, we pray that we shouldn't be praying, Lord, if it be thy will. Please heal my brother or my sister or me. If it, it's already his will. You, you don't have to pray if it be thy will. He already, in Isaiah 53, he said, Surely he bore your sicknesses and carried your pains, and by his stripes we were healed. So you can't say, well, I believe the Lord's going to heal me someday. No, he already did. We just have to receive it. Praise God. You don't even have to ask God, God, please, would you heal me? He, he said, I, I already did. You know, if, if, I, if I give you the keys to my car and you say, can I get the keys to my car? I said, I already gave it to you. What are you talking about? Get out and drive. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So the first thing is study the word for accuracy. Study the word to find out how to apply his promises 
to our life. And sometimes you have to watch other people and learn from other people how they do it. And when they do it, then you can just follow along. Second thing is press in. I'm going to put these at the end. Press into his presence. Amen. A lot of people think, well, I prayed. I, I prayed and the Lord didn't come through, so I guess it's not his will. No, you got to press in, press in. Let's look at this here. In Luke 8, 43 for 45. Now a woman having a flow of blood, flow of blood for how long? 12 years had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any. And she rather, she didn't get any better, but rather grew worse. Have you been to the doctor before? And they send you home and you're not any better. They give you medicine that doesn't work and you feel like, I've been here before. What, what's the problem? How come you can't heal me? So she didn't give up. She came behind and touched the border of his garment, the hem of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? And the disciples said, everybody's touching you. Everybody's reaching to grab for you. How can you say, who touched me? And he said, someone touched me with a touch of faith. Somebody was pressing in trying to get to me, trying to get the healing virtue that is in me. Sometimes we have to press into the Word of God and get the healing virtue of God and let it be a part of our lives. I've had to do this before, and I know how it is. It's a continual press, press, press with your whole heart. Just put aside everything that's uh, upsetting you or distracting you and saying, Lord, I'm going to let your Word minister to my heart. I'm going to watch it work in my behalf. Amen? Amen. You know, uh, and, and it takes time. It, it, it's not just an overnight thing. I mean, if you just prayed once and it happened, uh, we'd all be healed, right? We'd all be prosperous. We'd all get all of, our, all of our desires, but there's a pressing in that we have to do. Now, Todd White, who's a very famous um, street evangelist, he, he saw the promises of God in there. It says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We all know that, right? I know when I first got my first pastoral job and I was believing God for finances, and boy, I, I really pressed in and I saw God work in the financial realm, he just overflowed me with, with blessings for the church and for my personal life because I had to, um, <laughs> out, I had to, <laughs> can you close your ears for a minute, Marianne? No. <laughs> I had to overcome our spending. I had to believe God over what our household was, was you know, spending. So I had to learn how to believe God, and then I had to learn to believe God for finances of the church. And so I know this, so, so when I was doing that, I said, okay, that's fine. Now they moved me over to believing God for healing for people, pastoral care. And I said, oh, that's the same thing. The scripture says, lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. So I laid hands on the sick, and they wouldn't recover. I go, that ain't right. That, something's wrong there. In fact, they got worse. And one even died. And I said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to lose my job here. <laughs> you know, they're going to call the office and say, okay, we'll send Pastor Chuck. He'll come out and pray with you. Oh, no, 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 no don't do that, you know. <laughs> Just let him stay at home. We're, we're actually getting better. I think we're getting better already. Don't worry about it, you know. So I had a friend of mine who had the gift of healing, and I said, brother, can you come with me because I need to go to these houses, and I need to pray for these people, and they need to get healed. He said, okay, I will. So he came with me, and I, I watched him pray. He did this for six months, and he prayed the same prayer I did, but he, he, he prayed longer than I did, and he had more intensity than I did, and he was, you know, drawing from heaven to believe for the healing of the people that he was praying for. 
And I said, okay, I, okay, I got it. I got it. He said, you know, you get, you get the healing anointing in your closet, in your private prayer time, and then you take it to the people. I said, okay, I got it. So then I started petitioning the Lord, saying, Lord, I need that gift of healing. I need your healing virtue to flow through me. And so one time, we were at church, and we were praying for people at the altar, and uh, this lady came up with a tumor. And so he was praying for her, and I felt the Holy Spirit come from the back wall through me, through him, touched her, and her eyes popped up, and she said, oh, my gosh, I just got healed. He said, go in the bathroom and check and see. She went into the bathroom. She came back. She said, it's gone. I'm healed. And the thing that I remember out of that is when the Holy Spirit came by, he says, I want to heal my people. And I said, okay. So I always remembered that when I prayed for people, Lord, I'm just agreeing with you. I know you want to heal your people. So I, and then one lady came, a friend of ours, she came in the back room. She said, I, need to get, I got a tumor. I need to be prayed for. I go, okay. Lord, you said you want to heal your people. And I prayed with her. She fell. The tumor left. And she, she was so surprised. I go, what, what made you have faith to, to do that? She said, I just didn't want to have a scar on my, on my chest. So I knew I had to believe God. Amen. And the same thing with me when I had lymphoma in my throat. And they said, well, we need to cut it out. And I go, is there any danger in that? They go, yeah, it's, getting, it's near the, the, you know, the throat you know, voice, box. voice box. We might cut it. But, you know, the odds of it are, you know, 50-50. I go, no, no, I, so I, <laughs> I, I need my voice, okay? So I, that was my desire and my motivation is to see God work. So sometimes you have to press in. Okay, I'm getting to the story about this guy named Todd White. He was an evangelist, street evangelist. He saw that scripture, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So he was praying for people over and over and over again. A thousand times he prayed for people, and nobody got healed. Yeah, when, when do you give up? What happened was, he would go to Walmart, and every day, he'd pray for 10 people, every day, for three months, and no one got healed. And his wife said, you know, I'm not going with you anymore. This is embarrassing. You're calling people here, you say you're going to heal them, they walk away, they're the, they're the same. Forget it. Just go to Walmart by yourself. I'll be here. Everything will be fine. <laughs> so what happened was he got, a, he got a job working as a night guard, uh, letting people in, you know, the complex. And so he had a lot of time on his hands. So he began studying the Bible over and over and over and over again, reading the scriptures, talking to the Lord. And all of a sudden, the Lord started impressing upon him how to pray for the sick. And so then he started praying for people, and they started getting well. And then all of a sudden, now he has got a worldwide ministry praying for the sick. He, why? He pressed in. He pressed in. We have to press in for the things that we want, okay? Third thing is, in 1 Kings 18, 41 through 46, pray continually. The Bible says what? Men ought to always pray and not faint and lose heart. So, Elijah, the Lord told Elijah, go tell King Ahab that it's going to rain at your command. Okay, he got the promise of the Lord. He went to Ahab, King Ahab. He said, it's going to rain, and, uh, you know, at my command. And so get ready, it's going to rain. Isn't that nice to have that power when you hear from the Lord? So he went to the mountaintop, and he prayed. Well, what does he need to pray for? God already told him it's going to rain. But the Bible says he put his head between his knees and prayed. Have you ever done that? 
Well, after I was reading this and studying this, I came to the church here, and I was praying, and I started doing that. It's a weird feeling, but you know what? It was so natural in the spiritual realm. I just said, Lord God, I just thank you, Father. I just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing. I thank you, Lord God, for the, the things that are happening at the church. I praise you. I glorify you. And then I started casting out any uh, disturbances, any demonic activity that would try to come against the children and the people of God. And it was so, I, felt, I felt so good. So uh, Elijah is praying this, even though God told him it's going to rain, and he told his servant, go and see if there's rain. Go look, go up, uh, look in the sky. And the servant came back and said, what? No, nothing. It's clear skies. He said, okay, I'm going to go back and pray. And he prayed again. And he did this seven times. Seven times. When do you give up? First time, second time, third time, fourth time. He continued to pray. So we have to continue to pray even though it doesn't look like things are happening. Things are happening in the spiritual realm. God is preparing things. He's preparing a place for us. He's preparing a job for you. He's preparing provision for you. You can't give up. You have to continue to pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just take a moment here now. Let the Lord talk to you. Some of you have given up praying. Some have taken the seed out of the ground, the promises that he's given to you. You have to believe that it's going to come to pass in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We sing this song at, at the Bible study. Through our God we shall do valiantly. It is he who has put down our enemies. We'll sing and shout the victory. Christ is king, for God has won the victory and set his people free. His word has defeated the enemy. The earth shall stand and see that through our God we shall do valiantly. It is he who has put down our enemies. We'll sing and shout the victory. Christ is king. Christ is king. One more time. Christ is king. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap. <laughs> to be honest, I didn't want to sing that, but you know what? I got to be obedient to the Lord, and hopefully you guys can sing better at home. <laughs> Praise the Lord. In the shower or wherever you want to sing it. But you got to know that Christ has given you the victory to not to give up. Continue to fight the battle. The good fight of faith. Okay, so what do we got so far? Study the word for accuracy. Press into his presence. Be constant in prayer. And here's one that most people don't talk about. Accept help from others. Amen? You, sometimes you don't know all the answers. Sometimes you don't have all the solutions. Sometimes you need someone to come alongside of you and tell you, hey, you need to do this. We hear the story of uh, Norval Hayes, for those of you that know Christian history, his, his daughter had warts all over her hand and her feet, 40 of them, all over her hands and feet. And so he went to a minister and he said, what do I do about this? How do I pray? And the minister just said, ah, curse them and they'll die. Simple as that. And so he left them and so she, he started believing God and saying, Lord, I curse these uh, warts in the name of Jesus. I curse them. I command them to dry up 
in the name of Jesus. He said it over and over and over for 40 days. And then one night, his daughter was in. <clears throat> you know how embarrassing that must be for a teenager to have 40, you know, warts on your hands? I mean, one wart, two warts, that's bad enough, but 40? And so one night, she was in her bedroom, and he hears this loud cry, ah, 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 they're gone, they're gone, Daddy, they're gone. And she ran to his bed, Dad, Daddy, they're all gone, they're all gone. Sometimes you need help from others. He didn't give up. He, the, the minister didn't say, keep doing this for, for as long as you need. He didn't say they're going to uh, vanish slowly. He just said, ah, oh, curse them and die. In other words, he's done it before. You need to do it. Why did it take him 40 days? It took him time to build up his faith, to get his faith in line, to be able to speak to those things and cause them to, <clears throat> excuse me, cause them to go. So sometimes you need to get help from others. So the last thing is we're talking about 2 Kings 5, 1 through 4. Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master. Isn't that nice? Great and honorable. Because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but there's a but in there. But he was a leper. Now that's not good, is it? Here you're a mighty man of valor. You win the victories for the Lord, but you're a leper. And it starts slow, like a little mark. Oh, Lord, what is that, you know? And then it starts creeping up all your arms and then your neck and... Lord, I'm going to be a leper. I'm going to be isolated. I'm going to be out of, you know, circulation, so to speak. I'm a great man, but I got this problem. I'm a leper. And I can't imagine how... You might have things in your life. You might... People look at you and say, oh, things are going so good, but you got this little problem that you got to work with. Amen? Now, we had Brad Dacus here last week, great man of God, doing great things for the Lord. He's got problems. He said, he talked, you remember he talked about his, his head being damaged? He, I said, how long did it take you to get healed? He said, a year and a half of doing therapy, calling on the Lord, believing Him. And he says, I'm still not 100%. I still got to watch my diet. I got to keep exercising. I got to, you know, do the things to make sure that I'm not endangering my head. And then he said, he can't sleep at night. He said, he's got to put earplugs in his ears. He's got to put eye patch over his eyes. Then he has this contraption that he has to put on his mouth so he, so he can breathe right. I go, that's not a good way to go to bed. <laughs> you know, it's like, yuck. <laughs> and, and, and so, but yet, he's doing great things for the Lord. And on top of that, he's got a daughter that serves the Lord, but he's got a son that's an atheist. Now, he's a great man of God, helping people, Christians all over the world, but he was a leper, <laughs> to quote it with Naaman. Great, doing great things, but there's always something in your life you wish you could remove. You wish it could leave. You wish it didn't have any access in your heart or in your life. So what do you have to do? Get help from others. So what did he do? So in verse 2, it says, And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Na Naaman's wife. Then she said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who is in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, thus and thus said the girl, that if I go to this prophet, I'll get healed. Well, he went and got healed. But guess what? It was a little maid. 
it was someone that you wouldn't think would know anything about that. She was used of God to help him get delivered. Sometimes people that you don't think are all that important will be used of God. When my wife and I, we got the left foot of fellowship at our other church, because uh, my wife was very frank with him. He said, you know, Pastor, you're, you're nice on the pulpit, but behind the scenes, you're kind of mean. You're kind of rough with people, and you're making them cry. And he said, really? And then he went over to my office. He said, did, did you hear what your wife said? I go, yeah, it's kind of true. He said, okay, yeah. Two weeks later, we're out the door, okay? <laughs> no repentance there, <laughs> okay? So I had like two weeks to figure out, okay, now where am I going to go? So I always heard this, that if you have a petition of the Lord, list people that might be able to be used of God to help you. So I list all the great people of God that we know, all the great ministers, thought maybe they would have a position for me. I listed them all, and at the very end, I put our receptionist on there. I said, well, you know, she likes me, so I'll put it down there. She likes us. And so I put it down there. Guess what? She was the one that was used of God to get us to a place where we had uh, uh, able to have a, a job. She had a job. They had a house for us for parsonage. Everything worked out perfect. Why? Because I put down a list, and I let all the people of God have access to me. Because I call these big-name ministers, they say, no, I don't think, no, we don't, we got nothing. You know, so I thought, okay. But it was the little maid. Sometimes it's a little person in your life. That's why you got to be kind to everybody. You never know who God is going to use to bless you. Amen? So let's go over these again. First of all, you're supposed to what? Rejoice with the Lord always. Be constant in prayer. And in everything, give thanks unto him. Because what? He's going to work it out. And if you don't see it immediately, you have to study the word for accuracy, press into his presence, be constant in prayer, and accept, accept help from others. Amen? Let's, let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you that as we come before you today, there is ways of reaching you and having your promises being fulfilled in our lives. So we ask you, Lord, just to impart upon us these principles and these practices that will bring us closer to you and realize the promises that you have for you, for us, are real and you're ready, willing, and able to give them to us. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank you, Lord God. Let the Lord touch you right now. Hallelujah. I just feel his presence. Lord, in God we trust. In you we trust with all of our lives. We come to you and we thank you, Lord, for all that you've given to us. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord Jesus. Worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. worship you, Almighty God. I worship you. I worship you. There is none like you who gives us life, who gives us health, who gives us all that we need. We thank you for your presence in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today 
and you need to repent and say, you know what, Lord, I, I'm not, I haven't been living for you. I haven't been giving you all of my desires, all of my expectations. I've been disappointed, and I blamed you for it. Father, I just want to repent and say, Lord, open up my heart to receive your goodness and your graciousness in our lives. If that's you, just receive that from him. Oh, he loves us so much. Just like David was calling out, you can call out. Say, Lord, do you hear me? Lord, are you there? Lord, how can I realize what you have already given to me? I thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If you have ought against anyone, if you're not forgiving someone, you need to forgive them. Let that bitterness pass. Let that unforgiveness pass. Be like the Lord. Be obedient to Him in all the things that He's called you to do, and you'll see His manifestation of His glorious presence be in you. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So we're going to receive communion, as Jesus said, with his disciples. I earnestly desire to have this last supper with you so that you can see and know there's a new covenant, a new establishment between God and man because of what I'm going to do. I'm going to wipe away all your sins. They'll never be put into remembrance anymore. So I thank you, Lord God, for shedding of blood, the remission of sins, and complete and total fellowship with you, in Jesus' name, amen.